Team, welcome to the Freedom Hut, Tuesday, October 26th edition. Appreciate you being here with me, as always. We've got misgendering now a banning offense on Twitter. This came up because of Dr. Levine, we'll discuss. Plus, Dave Chappelle won't bend to demands of the transgender community over the controversy around his special. We'll discuss that. And a lost hiker ignored unknown calls from rescuers. That's just one that we'll throw in the mix. I want to start us off today, though, talking about the Virginia governor's race and then get into a little bit of the latest on COVID and Fauci and all the rest of it. But first, my friends, we have got to talk about your company, your business. What can you do to help with HR issues? Because when running a business, HR issues can kill you. Wrongful termination suits, minimum wage requirements, labor regulations. Plus, you know, HR manager salaries aren't cheap. An average of $70,000 a year. Bambi, spelled B-A-M-B-E-E, was created specifically for small business. You can get a dedicated HR manager, craft HR policy, and maintain your compliance all for just $99 a month. With Bambi, you can change HR from your biggest liability to your biggest strength. Your dedicated HR manager is available by phone, email, or real-time chat. From onboarding determinations, they customize your policies to fit your business, and they help you manage your employees day-to-day, all for just $99 a month. It's month-to-month, no hidden fees, cancel anytime. You didn't start your business because you wanted to spend time on HR compliance. Let Bambi help. Get your free HR audit today. Go to Bambi.com slash buck right now to schedule your free HR audit. That's B-A-M-B-E-E dot com slash buck. B-A-M-B-E-E, Bambi.com slash buck. McAuliffe is running into some trouble in Virginia, which is great because he's a Democrat insider. This is a guy who is really representative of where the Democrat Party is at any moment. He moves with the polls, with the trends, classic mediocre politician, very similar in that regard to Joe Biden. McAuliffe, I think, is a little smarter than Biden, to be fair. And of course, I have to be fair and accurate on this show, as I always am. But they know they've got a problem on their hands. They've got a problem. Uh, Youngkin, Glenn Youngkin, is making this a close race, and people are seeing it as a referendum on the Democrat Party nationwide right now. I mean, you're, what, 10 months in, 11 months in to the Biden presidency at this point. There's nothing to celebrate. His polls are in the trash. It's looking really rough. And here you have a state that really has felt like it has been flipped blue. And all of a sudden you have a Democrat insider with a ton of funding. Uh, he's got all the connections. You know, he really I'm telling you this. McAuliffe thought that he was going to go all the way. And now he's having to pull the I'm running against Donald Trump maneuver. Now, you're not running against Trump. You're running against the former CEO of the Carlyle Group, one of the biggest uh, private equity firms out there. Uh, you know, a very in private equity circles, a very well-regarded place. And Glenn Youngkin is looking like he's right there. I mean, there are even some polls I've heard about where he's a little bit ahead. Now, he's got to win by a couple of points. And if they want to take the Virginia State House, that's obviously also a factor here. But it does look like Glenn Youngkin is going to be bringing this down to the wire on November 2nd, which is fantastic. Why is this happening? You know, why am I f- focusing in? On a Virginia governor's race, because I know we got people listening all over the country, because this is a bellwether. This is showing you what's really happening. A state like Virginia 
that has been trending bluer and bluer in recent years. Although, you know, it, go, it goes back and forth in some ways, to be fair. But in the last election, it looked really solidly blue. And you have a moment in time where you could have a rejection of Bidenism. And that's why they're desperate to try to make this about Trump. How can the election, how can the former CEO of the Carlisle Group, who's running on a platform of you know, better schools, more parental input, uh, more school choice, you know, not, not doing all this crazy big government COVID lockdown nonsense that Virginia's been going through? I mean, how can that guy be a Trumper all of a sudden? Oh, well, because McAuliffe is a slimy liar. He'll say whatever he has to. But just to, to remind people of this, uh, because there's even more that's going to be a problem for McAuliffe, I think, that's come out today, just to remind people about it and, and think of the battle in Virginia over schools as a proxy for what is going to happen or could happen in the rest of the country right now. Uh, this is what Democrats are terrified of, really mobilized parents who are saying, what kind of nonsense, what kind of crap are you teaching my kid in, your, in this school? You're teaching them? Uh, all, all this, you know, liberal white guilt, critical race theory nonsense all the time. Is that re- really what's going on here? Here is uh, Terry McAuliffe back in 2019, who, you know, this is before all the controversy broke out. But this shows you ab- about school stuff. This shows you who this guy really is. He thinks that diversity and inclusion in elementary schools as important as your kid learning to read and do basic math. Plays. I make the point that we've got to do a better job in our education system. We've got to go back K to six. Uh, early on, we've got to start teaching, talking about these issues much earlier than we've done it before. And we don't do a good job in our education system talking about diversity, inclusion, openness, and so forth. We don't. We've got our textbooks. But, you know, there has to be a big part of how, how do you fit in, in into the social work of our nation and our fabric? How is it that we deal with one another is, to me, is as important as, you know, your math class, or your English class, and so forth. And we don't. As important as your math class, your English class, English class, you know, talking about diversity and inclusion stuff. No, no, no. Uh, This is the left getting caught with the wrong priorities. I mean, a lot of parents, including parents that are maybe Democrats or independents, say, "Hold, hold on a second. I really do think that the basics of education are more important than trying to convince some kids that they're oppressed and other kids that they're oppressors when they're in elementary school. Not if you're a Democrat these days. It's fascinating to see how they're trying to package this as well. New York Times piece here, quote, the party is single handedly torpedoing Terry McAuliffe. This is from some big donor, an ambulance chaser in Florida who's writing checks to McAuliffe. But the New York Times is highlighting this as indicative of the mindset right now. I think if Terry loses, Democrats just need to grab a hold of themselves because the midterms are going to be a bloodbath. End quote. I think that's true. I think Democrats know that and they don't have that much time to turn this around, right? The first year of a presidency, everyone knows, is when you can probably get the most uh, the most stuff done with the political capital that you already have, that you've built up from the election win. And then a second year going into a midterm, you're often going to be on, on something of defense, unless you're trying to get past one piece of legislation, unless there's one thing, major thing, that you've been pushing for the whole first year. The only thing they're really pushing on the Democrat side is this massive spending bill. I mean, that is it. That is the whole the whole package, so to speak. Right. Beyond that, there's no major legislation they're going to get next year, which is why the size of this of this spending package. I mean, they're talking about one point five trillion, one point seven trillion now. 
matters so much because Democrats know this is the shot until the midterms. This is going to be it. And then it's just going to be a huge narrative battle that we face as a country. And, and I'll tell you, there will be a lot of relief. I don't, I don't want us to get ahead of ourselves. I know. But there'll be a lot of relief that we will all feel if and when we get to that place where the Democrats no longer have a majority in the House, perhaps in the Senate as well. They have a 50-50 tie right now, but they can break it with VP Harris. Uh, but it'll it'll show you uh, if you, if you, we can get to the House of Representatives with a Republican majority, it means the Biden agenda is gone. And that, now it just turns into how does he do? How does this White House do? I think it's not a very competent one. That's been obvious. Joe Biden's not very smart. He's not. He doesn't have the political skills that uh, that Barack Obama had. He doesn't have the <clears throat> all-out cunning that Hillary Clinton had. Although she was not able to defeat Trump first time around. I think that we're going to see a really massive swing against the Democrats in the midterms. I really do. I think it's going to be something that keeps them up at night for quite a while, which is fantastic. Makes me very, very happy. Joe Biden, meanwhile, is running around whispering about how his spending plan is actually a tax cut. Uh, Play clip one. Everybody talks about children. And Josh has heard me say it. I view it as a tax cut. For middle class families, a tax cut. We never have an argument when we talk about the wealthy. This is a tax cut. It changes the lives of the American people. This is a tax cut. I'm whispering real loud. I'm whispering loud. You know what that means? It means you got to listen to me. Because I seem a little crazy. And if you don't listen to a crazy person, they're going to listen or they're going to yell even louder. So you have no choice. Joe Biden goes in, does creepy old man whisper. That means you have to listen to him. Now, I don't like to spend that much time talking about the, uh, the, the trans agenda here. Because for one thing, as you know, there's actually, as a percentage of the population, uh, a very small number of individuals who are truly transgender. And I think that it's an outsized issue from media attention um, and also from how much the left is pushing this all the time. But we are forced to, right? We are forced to because now the left wants us to live in a world of unreality. They, they are going for an all-out assault on truth. And I, I think it's important to remember the philosophical reasons behind this. Why are they doing this? Because if they can get you to abandon reality and truth, if they can get you to give up your right as a human being to state and know what is true to be such, they can completely control you. Right? It's one thing to get you to bend the knee when they know, or rather when, when you know they're lying, but they really think that something is true. That's the way it is right now on a lot of the Fauciite COVID madness. Right. We bend the knee because they a lot of them believe it. a lot of them don't. And they're just putting us through the motions. But there are hysterical libs who really think we're saving lives by putting on a mask all the time. I mean, I'm here in Vegas and I'm I'm furious with how stupid this city is in terms of the mask mandate and the way that the casino you know, casino employees. I just I don't gamble. So I just walk through the casino. I, I get stopped every time. Please, sir, sir, put your mask on, put your mask on. And I'm looking at them like uh, there's a hundred people around me who are sitting there drinking scotch slowly with their masks down. 
This is idiotic. It is indefensibly stupid. There is no argument that any sane person could make to support this. And yet, if I sat down with the mayor of Las Vegas, I'm sure he or she or I I mean, I don't know who the mayor of Las Vegas is, um, would say, oh, but this is what the experts tell us. And then I'd say, show me these experts. And then I'd sit down with an expert and say, well, there's a consensus about this. You never have a person who will look you in the eyes and say, I'm the one that really believes in this. They always pass it to somebody else. And you get in this kind of Kafkaesque nightmare. You can never actually find justice. You can never actually find the root cause of this harassment. But when they can make you bend the knee to something, taking it back here to the trans agenda, that they know is false and you know is false, and the whole point is everyone knows it's not true, but they will make you pretend it is true, that is meant to crush your soul. That is meant to make you incapable of thinking clearly, honestly, about anything going forward, right? Because it disorients you. If you can't even know and you can't even say a man is a woman and a woman is a man and there's a difference between these two things, what can you say? Where do you think you have intellectual clarity? Where do you think you're able to to draw these lines? And that brings me to uh, the Twitter banning of, uh, for a day or two, I forget how long it was, or suspension of Representative Jim Banks. This is outrageous. I mean, this is absolutely, completely madness. Twitter suspends Representative Banks for misgendering a trans health official. That's the story. Well, let's look into this for a second. What, what exactly did he do? Representative Jim Banks uh, tweeted out the title of first female four-star general officer. Uh, sorry, title of first female four-star officer gets taken by a man. And then Twitter said the account reference has been temporarily locked for violating our hateful conduct policy. It is not hateful. I am sorry to say that a man is a man and a woman is a woman. It is not hateful. It is accurate. You know, I, I understand that it's it's easy here to say, oh, but we're going to, you know, we just, we all oh, be polite. Oh, it's about being inclusive or helping people's feelings. No, no, sorry. Uh, you know, there, there are certain lines that we all have to draw. I mean, if if I walked around telling everybody that I was a, that I was a space alien from, you know, the planet uh, Xanadu, I, I wouldn't expect everybody to say, oh, OK, cool. Yeah, this is Buck. He's a space alien. Right. And I understand that people will say, oh, but it's so different because of, you know, gender is a fluid spectrum and all this stuff. Well, no, there's there are men, and there are women. That's actually a reality, too. There are men, there are women. There are biological males, biological females. Now, if they want to actually talk about people who are intersex, which is a condition, a rare but real condition where people have some of the uh, some of the genitalia of both genders, usually one much more formed than the other at birth. Uh, we can have that discussion. But there's also a, a, a chromosomal normality that usually exists in that person. So you're usually essentially male, but have some vestigial female or female, but have some vestigial male. I think that's actually the more common version of it. But that's a physical reality. So we can talk about that physical reality. That is not what what the trans agenda is about. They're not actually talking to people who are intersex and they can't talk about that as the primary uh, the primary issue when they're looking at this, because then we'd say, okay, so if you have a physical reality here, we will absolutely observe that. What is the physical reality? And for Dr. Levine, Dr. Levine is a is a biological male. This is a fact. This is a truth. 
They can say it's upsetting. They can say, it, you know, but it's also upsetting that we're all going to die. That is also a fact that has never been that has never been proven untrue. OK, well, some of you are going to say resurrection, but you know what I mean? That, that, that is a scientific reality that you and me, we are not going to live forever. We're not going to live forever. They can tell us you can't say that. It doesn't change the truth of it. And Dr. Levine is not a female. Not a female. In, in fact, they've started to really use that term instead of instead of man and woman. They've started to use the, the, the very specific scientific gender terms, male and female. And they will say Dr. Levine is female because Dr. Levine is a trans woman. Right. This whole gender sex uh, separation, this is all a construct to confuse the issue and make people think, wait, but yeah, but gender is a spectrum and sex is a biological, but gender is a no, no, no. This is playing with words. There are men, there are women. These are biological realities that have enormous implications for the individuals, uh, has enormous implications for what they're likely to, uh, you know, how they're likely to conduct themselves. And in the aggregate and social policy, it also makes a huge difference, men and women. We all know this. I'm saying things to you right now that are obvious, and you know it's obvious, but you are being told that unless you refute, unless you repudiate the obvious, you're a bad person. And that then brings me to the uh, Dave Chappelle special and the reality there, which I will get into with you in just a moment. Um, But the Tunnel Towers Foundation, I want to tell you about for a moment here, follows the words, while we have time, let us do good. And they're doing good every day across the country. The foundation has done incredible things this year, and there's even more to come between now and the end of the year. Their biggest endeavor, they're gifting 200 mortgage-free homes to America's heroes and their families. These are our military heroes fighting the war on terrorism and their families, many of them learning to live with a life-changing injury. Or, even more tragically, a family learning to live without a family member lost in the line of service. Tunnel to Towers Foundation took time this September 11th and in the days leading up to it to help us remember those who sacrificed their own lives while trying to save the lives of others. Next month, they're recognizing those we lost in the war on terror in a ceremony on Veterans Day. And between Thanksgiving and New Year's, they'll give away a home a day in their season of hope. Help Tunnel to Towers to do good. Donate $11 a month at T2T.org. That's $11 a month. You can donate right now at T2T.org. I keep seeing these headlines about the Dave Chappelle special and how he won't, quote, bend to the demands of the diversity community over his special, The Closer. The Closer wasn't very funny. It was okay. And he spent a lot of time trying to be uh, really friendly to and almost apologetic to the transgender community. Uh, he, He really, he wasn't hammering you know, he was he was solicitous of all of their of their concerns. You know, he, he wasn't going after them in a way that was that was aggressive, but he made jokes. And here's the thing. The trans community is uh, ultra sensitive about any jokes. The activist community, I should say, and the and the activist left in general, because they know that if people really think about this and if the absurdity of some of the left's positions on this issue are exposed, the whole thing collapses. It, it, it cannot withstand, the trans agenda cannot withstand um, jokes. It cannot, because there's too much that people recognize, and they come out and they say, well, hold on, hold on a second. What exactly are we 
what exactly are we doing here? Where do we draw these lines? So h- how how are we not erasing women in all of this? And wasn't it if Sports Illustrated gave you know Woman of the Year to Caitlyn Jenner? That, that, and this was one of the jokes that Dave Chappelle made. That you're giving the Woman of the Year award to somebody who's been a woman for a year. That's doesn't that you know women. The left has completely, I'm just, the left has brainwashed so many women in this country. It has, I mean, feminism is, is a route to misery. People say, oh, but I'm a feminist. Of course, we all believe in human equality and equality before the law, and women should be able to pursue whatever careers and jobs they want and be treated equally as men in the workplace and in in the eyes of the law. But feminism as a left-wing postmodernist belief system that men and women are the same, not that they're equal in the eyes of law, they are the same, have the same wants, needs, desires, and can be lined up and treated as absolute uh, facsimiles of each other. That's that's in, that's crazy. And this is I've I see it in New York City where it's very common. You have all these uh, really you know talented and and bright young women who think that they want to compete with all the guys in the most male-driven jobs, and they get to be in their mid-thirties. I know a lot of women like this, and they turn around and say. Well, I don't have a family, and what exactly am I doing here? And feminism would tell them, oh, you don't need any of that. You know, go out, act like a guy. You know, it's, it's a pathway to misery. I see it all the time. I, I know, I talk to women. This is their situation, and, you know, they don't, oh, you're not allowed to say this. So I, I think feminism is misery. I think it's really uh, deeply unfortunate that so many people have been uh, mentally poisoned by Postmodernist feminism, you can call it, right? I'm not talking about, you know, <laughs> the right for women to vote. I'm talking about the idea that women should act like and pretend to be in all social settings and all cultural ways, sports events, men. That is uh, that is on that is against nature and science and destined to lead to misery and unhappiness. And it does. But the trans agenda has sort of pushed aside feminism. And you say, well, hold on a second. Who are, what is a woman? This is the question that the right always asks people on the left, and the left gets all angry, and they, never, they can never answer it, though. What is a woman? This should be pretty straightforward. How do you define it? Well, in the case of Dr. Levine, it is a person who is very much convinced that he is a woman. That's it. That is what a woman is now. That is it. They, they can try to tell you, oh, but there's all this stuff and the social science and the... Nope, it's a person who's really convinced. It is a male, uh, it can be, I should say, a male who is convinced. And this is where you get that uh, men can get pregnant. False. It's not true. Why do they say these things? Why is it so important to them? Why do people who, in many cases, have never even met a transgender person, but know that this is what the left believes, why are they so invested in this? Well, as I said, it is about control of the narrative. It is about uh, power, ultimately. And that's what you see. Um, one thing I, I, I have a uh, circle back point on here. A judge has has, has uh, ruled that there was, in fact, uh, this brings together the trans agenda and the Terry McAuliffe situation. There was a, a sexual assault of that teenage girl in the Loudoun County School where then the father showed up and was very angry. So let's all just remember this. Loudoun County School Board tried to cover up the sexual assault of a teenage girl by a trans student who went on to sexually assault another girl. This is now on the record. This is now all factually uh this is now all factually supported this is what happened and the biden doj sent out a we better not have any more of these angry parents at school board meetings 
memo from the attorney general's office. Yeah, it's tough not to feel sometimes like the Democrat Party really does embrace evil. I'm just going to say it. I, I, I think they believe that they're doing good things. Uh, but I think that there's a lot of of evil commie nonsense going on among Democrats. And I could see it. And it's a shame. And I wish that there weren't so many good people who were convinced that somehow this wasn't a bad thing because it is a bad thing. Um, but that's where we are. When you think about what went on here in Loudoun County in that uh, school school board situation, the way that they're using the apparatus of the state to come down. And then Barack Obama comes out and says, oh, it's a phony culture war issue. Right. We have to use make-believe pronouns for people who are switching their gender at whim. And if we don't, we're hateful bigots who should be you know, expelled from the country forever. But it's a phony culture war issue to say that you should be able to know if children are being assaulted by a student in school, sexually assaulted, raped by a student in their own school as a parent and that the school should take swift action and look at any policies that might have made that more possible. Just putting that out there. Right? I think we can all see what's really going on here. All right. Then I just have a quick, a quick fun one uh, for you to, to close up shop today before we uh, get going on the radio show. Uh, oh, and by the way, if you haven't already, please subscribe to my locals channel. It's bucksexton.locals.com. That's bucksexton.locals. Dot com. I'm posting content there, doing more and more stuff. Uh, you'll you'll enjoy it. And if you can become a supporter, it really means a lot. You're basically helping me keep the lights on for the Freedom Hut. So thank you for that. Uh, the There's a hiker. And this is a fun story. There's a hiker who was lost for 24 hours. Um, this is the New York. This is the New York Post. Lost for 24 hours and had his, this is um, on a mountain in Colorado. But the hiker had uh, his cell phone on him. And kept ignoring the call because it was from an unknown number. The unknown number that was calling him was rescue services, trying to find him and help him get out, get off the mountain okay. But he just saw that unknown number. He's lost, keeps seeing an unknown number calling him. He's like, ah, I can't answer that one. Can't answer the unknown number. Uh, now, I got to tell you, I hate unknown number. I hate it. So there's a part of me that kind of kind of respects what's going on here. I hate unknown number. I hate robocalls more than like anything else in the world. Actually, mask mandates is the thing I hate the most in the world. But robocalls are pretty close. But uh, I'm just going to say, in emergency situations, I think you want to answer the unknown call. I, I think that's the move, probably. That's going to be it for today in the Hut Team. Thanks for being here with me. Back with you tomorrow from NYC. I'll be leaving Vegas tonight back in NYC. Talk to you then. Shields high.